Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will help you make your transformation that lasts with episodes on nutrition and the all-important art of inner work. This week, I am excited to announce that starting December 14th, we will have open registration for our online nutrition coaching program. Historically, we have only opened the doors once per quarter, and now you can join whenever you're ready, as long as space is available. We will be capping membership to maintain our commitment to having the best client-to-coach ratio so that you can get a truly personalized coaching experience versus getting forced onto a cookie-cutter template. You'll also be able to lock in a discounted coaching rate if you register by January 1st. For more information, you can visit beyondmacros.com slash services and set up an initial call. In the meantime, you can also take the next step in your transformation by downloading our calorie and macro calculator worksheet at beyondmacros.com slash worksheet. We are working on creating another free service around the worksheet that will help guide you but only those people who have already downloaded the worksheet and are on our email list will get notified about it. So if you haven't already, download that and get started by November 16th to be included. I just heard back from a listener, Thomas, who downloaded the worksheet to help him as he moves through the hectic process of planning a wedding. And he said, I used the sheet for about one month until things got too busy with life and work for me to be able to commit to full-time tracking. I still am careful of what I eat, and the sheet has given me a good baseline to be able to ballpark. I do feel better mentally and physically, which is reflected in my performance in the box. That just goes to show that even if you can commit some time to the process, you can extract some lasting lessons out of the experience which is way better than doing nothing and staying stuck. Today's episode is cool because you've had the opportunity to hear from both guests recently. A few weeks ago, Ashley Bledsoe taught us about how having a creative practice, in her case, drawing mandalas, has benefits that transcend creating beautiful works of art. And last week, we heard from Mike Bledsoe about the inner work necessary to be coachable and what to look out for in a coach. This week, Mike and Ashley share stories and lessons about their open marriage and deliver the principles of an open marriage that are important even if you are in a monogamous marriage and in friendships. We will cover many of the topics you might be wondering about, including the jealousy piece of this puzzle. But this story doesn't start with an open relationship. In fact, it begins with a marriage where neither Mike nor Ashley felt comfortable enough to communicate their desires and fears with each other. I hardly ever told him how I really felt or I told him what I thought he wanted to hear. Mm. Um, And and I think a lot of people do that in relationships sometimes. And... um, yeah, I would I would say things that I think he would want to hear from me or share things um, or I would, you know, share the things that like I knew he would be OK with. This created a relationship where they felt insecure in their roles as partners and unsure how to ask for what they needed for fear of the other's reaction. Although they were married, in a way they were strangers with a lot hidden beneath the surface. I mean, during that time. I identified myself as Michael's wife. Yeah. You know, 
oh, I'm Michael's wife, Ashley. That's how I would introduce myself. Mm. You know, um, I, I lost a sense of who I was. I thought I had to prove myself to Michael as a good wife. I'm cook and clean, you know. Oh, you, I, you, you work. Okay, I don't make the money right now. Oh, I'm going to make sure that everything's taken care of. And I wasn't doing a great job at it either. <laughs> you know, and it, and it built resentment. As well, you know, for me, I, I, I didn't like having to play that. Like I put myself in that role and I didn't like that role. And this set the stage for an affair that was kept bottled up for far too long. There was one point in our relationship, we were married for three years and I cheated on him. And I held that for three years, three more years. And so um, that was... I think for me, when I was able to share that with him, that was one of the biggest turning points for our relationship was because I had this deep, dark and secret that I was ashamed of um, that kept me from sharing a lot of other things. And so when I was able to share with him that and he was able just to hold space for me and tell me he forgave me and that he loves me, um, I saw how freeing I didn't see. I felt how freeing Mm -hmm. that it was. Yeah. And I felt like I was able to breathe for the first time in three years. Now, you might be wondering how Mike and Ashley got to the point in their relationship where Ashley felt comfortable enough to share the secret she'd been hiding for three whole years. For them, it came from opening up communication. And that all happened when Ashley was heading to Burning Man without Michael for the first time in three years. Michael and I went to Burning Man two years together. My my third year, I went without him. He mm-hmm. stayed back for some work stuff, and I went. And um, on the drive, he was driving me up to meet up with some people that I was going to go to Burning Man with. You know, he he really was just like, "Hey, I want you to have fun. I want you to experience Burning Man to your fullest." And I'm giving you permission to do whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And we, you know, set some ground or we set some boundaries and stuff, you know, and, um, and it was like, go have fun. I, you know, if you want to, if you want to have an intimate relationship with someone, go for it. If you want to have sex with someone, go for it. Um, I, you know, my ask is that it's someone that we know or that we, we, you know, that is in like our community of thinking, and so I, I went to Burning Man and I was like, you know what? He really wants me to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, and I did. And so, um, we came, I came back and I shared that experience with him and his reaction was like, okay, awesome. You know, it was, it was freeing. And then that is actually, after that was when I told him that I had cheated on him, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days, months, maybe, I don't know, sometime, somewhere around then. And then we started having the conversation around opening our relationship. As I said before, the message here is not that you have to open up your relationship to additional partners to open up communication. That's just how Mike and Ashley's journey began. When we did decide to go, you know, to have an open relationship, I I felt what really happened for us is an open communication. Um, we were able to uh, share, you know, our desires more deeply. Um, we were able to share like, Oh, that guy's, he's cute. Or, Oh, that girl, she's cute, you know, more freely and just like have that open relating, open communication with each other. Um, and then that just showed us how to communicate in a deeper way of being able to trust each other, trust ourselves and then trust our partner, you know, and to be able to share freely and just knowing that, they love me 
and I love them, you know, love him. And, um, they love the parts of me that I have a hard time loving. And, you know, I love the parts of Michael that he has a hard time loving. For Mike, he has found that this openness of communication with Ashley has had the benefit of teaching him that he can be vulnerable about the parts of himself he's not proud of and still be loved by both his wife and those in his inner circle. My challenge to myself now is um, the, the thing I'm working on is, uh, for instance, uh, with my wife, Ashley, I am 100% vulnerable. I tell her everything everything. I've gone back and spent time filling her in all the stuff I'm not proud of from my past. And then when things are happening currently, if if any part of me wants to hide it from her, I tell it to her. And so uh, I now have the practice of the moment I feel like not telling her the thing, I tell her the thing. How little time, how small is the gap between me not wanting to tell her and telling her. And um, I, had, I had that happen recently. Um, something happened and I really didn't want to tell her. And I let, um, and it was the longest period of time I had gone without telling her. And over, I would say in about 10 months, I'd say in the last year or so, I had, I had not waited longer than like 15 seconds. And then I waited about three to five minutes for this one. That three to five minutes was fucking agonizing. So agonizing. I've gotten so used to laying it all out. There's so much peace that comes with that. And um, the level of vulnerability that I'm practicing now is with the understanding that the thing I have to tell myself is it's better that everybody knows everything that's, you know, in my inner circle, at least, it's better that everybody knows everything than it is for me to have a secret. It's, it's better for people to unfriend me. It's better for people to break up with me. It's better for people to hate me or whatever than it is for me to, uh, to hold something between me and that person. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, that's where I'm at with vulnerability at this point. So it's, uh, I like to take things as far as I possibly can. I also understand that being vulnerable and sharing your fears, especially if they've been bottled up for a while, or if you've been waiting for the right time to share them, is stressful and scary. Ashley has some recommendations for how to approach expressing your fears and vulnerabilities with your partner or close friends. Just journaling a little bit. You know, I think if you can journal, it's, it's a little easier to write, you know, your thoughts down and just let it go. And, and you can write down, you know, what's your deepest fears in the relationship? What, what is your deepest fear in this relationship? And you can be able to write that down. And, um, and I think there's something to be able to share that with your partner you know, and let them know, Hey, this is a big fear of mine, you know, and be like, Oh, wow, there's no need to worry about that. Or, Hey, let's talk more about this. And like, really why, you know? And so I think it's just a reflection of like, once again, why are you in the relationship, the purpose of it? And then, and then looking at like your fears Mm -hmm. of, of the relationship too. I also have had situations in the past where even though I got the fear down onto paper and rationally I knew I needed to communicate that fear to a friend or partner, I kept it inside anyway. And 
In those moments, I drove myself crazy waiting for the right time to communicate it. Both Mike and Ashley have recommendations for getting it out there. Mike's approach is a little bit more straightforward and might challenge you initially. He is an advocate of instant sharing. The benefits of instant sharing are um, clear mind. When I hear people talk about the quality of their mind, I remember. I go, oh, I remember what that was like. Um, What I mean by quality of the mind is where is their attention throughout the day? I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, they were talking about worrying about the future. I'm worried about this, thinking about all these different possibilities. Uh, This could happen, or that could happen, or this could happen. I go, well, how much time do you spend thinking about things that could possibly happen that you don't want to happen? And they go, well, not very much. I said, well, how much is not very much? He said, well, about half the day. And I go, wow. Um, I didn't say this, but I, I thought to myself, how much time do I spend in that space? And I realized that I've gotten that down to less than 10 minutes a day. Ashley has a similar approach that might feel a bit gentler when you're first starting to open lines of communication in your relationships. But just going, you know, for a walk and just opening up being like, I'd like to share something with you and I'm really scared. You know, I'm scared of what your reaction may be, um, but I, I'd like to share something with you. And I think that in that self will help set the tone for the other person just to be like, Oh wow. Okay. This is, this is important to you. Let me, let me be here with you, you know? And, and even in that you can like, Hey, I, you know, I want to share this with you. I'm really scared. I, I ask that you just let me finish and then we can have a conversation afterwards, you know? And, um, that in itself is scary, you know, it's, and that's vulnerability. Um, and the outcome of that is always beautiful. It's freeing, you know, like if you've had something on you, you know, just this weight on you and then you get to share it and it's like, ah, that felt good. Yeah. You know, it's just that moment of like bringing it up. That's like, and then how freeing and courageous is it to like really share in those moments with your partner? And, and that's the thing. It's, it's a person that, you know, you're, you're with, you know, there's a connection already, you know, they, they love you, you know, your partners are your reflection, you know, they get to be your mirrors. And so they get to see our best and they get to see our worst. And so it's beautiful to be able to even drop that in deeper and to just to share like, yo, I'm scared. Now that covers communication on what might be considered the negative end of the spectrum. And Mike made a great point to me about openly communicating the positive and asking for what you need, especially asking for fulfillment of your fantasies and desires. I think about a negative and positive, right? And so uh, on the negative side is like worried about potential outcomes you don't want to happen. But what about what's on the other side of the spectrum is fantasy. How much time do we spend fantasizing about what could be, right? But we never take action because we spend so much time thinking on it. People confuse thinking with action. And um, for me, I also have the challenge, which is how quick can I get fantasy to a request for me to ask for that to come true in some way? Mm. everyone's thinking about sex right now and that's a good thing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
But it, you know, people fantasize about that car they want to drive. They fantasize. They do fantasize about that threesome. They do fantasize about, um, you know, uh, that maybe I could get the, that person to be my business partner. Or they fantasize about shit with whatever that you know how how it's going to play out for Christmas or whatever. It's like simply like as soon as the desire comes rolling in, ask for it or take some action to make that start happening. And so that's another challenge I have to myself that frees up tons of mental bandwidth because I spend very little time, you know, uh, I like, I like to, I like my fantasies these days to last about 10 seconds. A fantasy lasts about 10 seconds to know if I would like it or not. You know, okay. I've done the mental, uh, thought process. Like, uh, I, th- I think I'd like that to happen. All right, let's go down that road for a minute. All right, let's start make, putting requests. Be surprised at how things, how many things that you want to do will simply happen. And then also a lot of times, it's like you may have a fantasy and you start putting the things in place, realize you didn't want it at all, or um, you realize that no one wants to help you fulfill that fantasy and uh, you need new friends. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of fantasies and desires, Ashley brought up something that struck me. When these lines of communication were open and she became more comfortable expressing her fears and needs in the relationship, things improved in the bedroom for her. I know for a long time, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I was timid, you know, in, in the bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, and the more we started having those deeper connections and conversation, And getting to know each other at more of like this like deeper level, soul level, was when I was able to start opening up and exploring more uh, sexually and just with Michael even and being willing to try new things and giggling at it. You know, it just didn't work out as well (laughs) as we thought it would, you know. On the topic of the bedroom, I know you're probably wondering about the whole having relationships outside the primary relationship. How does that work? The cool thing is that with any intimate relationship, you have the power to affect how that relationship looks. And Ashley brought up the point that opening up is all about starting slow and communicating boundaries and agreements. One way she and Michael do that is using a 1 to 10 scale. 1 to 10, we scale as far as like where our comfort is. 1 is... um, easy going, I have no problem, whatever, no, no issue. And then 10 is I'm about to lose my mind, you know, no red flags, you know, head exploding, all that. And so, um, we, we stay within the three, you know, um, that gives a little discomfort, you know, of being able to, to push, um, those new edges a little and seeing how like, expanded and stretched we can get and how we can still hold. And then, you know, if it's at a five, then we try to work it down to a three. Got it. And if it's at an eight, then we work it down to a five and then we work it down to a three. So we, it's, it's scalable, you know, and that could be, you know, Michael taking a girl on a date, you know, Michael, it could be, um, you know, maybe that's, that's a three and let's say they get a hotel room. Well, that's an eight, you know, that could be an eight. So how about we just go on dinner and we stay out till midnight. Okay. That's a three, you know, Okay, I can do that. You know, like setting those things. And so it's just, that's where the open communication and the open relating come in is like, all, it's just checking in and seeing where each other is at, you know, checking on, um, you know, just recently we were saying like, how's your heart? 
Like, where's your heart? Like, how's your heart doing? You know? And that's another thing like, oh, it's, it feels a little constricted right now. Okay. Well, what's going on? When Mike and Ashley were first opening up their relationship, Ashley said they realized that a lot of the discomfort was stemming from an unhealthy feeling of needing to possess the other person. How we went into it was talking about possession and ownership. And a lot of times in relationships, you know, you're, you're my boyfriend, you're my husband, you're my girlfriend, you're my wife. And there's ownership in that. And um, when, when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to be owned. You know, I don't want to be possessed. I want to be free. You know, yeah. I want to be able to, you know, experience anything I want. And so, um, yeah, it started around, you know, possession and, and it just is slowly entered into like, let's, let's explore this. Um, and so we had had an open relationship, but we had really hadn't experienced it with anyone else. There's been times where, you know, he'd go on some dates with some girls, um, but it was more on a friendship base. Like we, by doing that in our relationship, we were able to create deep connections with the opposite sex without the other feeling like without the, without the worry of the other feeling jealous or upset. And so it really just allowed more trust in our relationship, especially for me. Um, and, you know, oh, he's going out having dinner with a friend, you know, or a girlfriend or whatever. And okay, yeah, you know, and it was just, it was able to like, what, what's, what am I upset about? You know, why am I feeling uncomfortable? Oh, because he's spending time with someone else. Well, why am I upset that he's spending time with someone else that he wants to spend time with? oh, it's because I want him to myself. You know, it's like that was, it went in back into the possession piece. And so um, it was, it's been one of the most um, self-work things I've ever been in. Of like anytime those feelings of uncomfortable, jealous feelings, I, I can go in and self-reflect and like what's really coming up for me? Why am I feeling this way? You know, what, where, where, am, where is my little girl hurt? You know, how can I tend to her, make sure she's okay? And then when I do that, then I feel more free and it's okay. Like it doesn't bother me as much. Ashley shared a story with me that perfectly highlights the importance of using jealousy or frustration as cues for looking inside yourself. And it still comes up. Of course. <laughs> you know, it, course. It, it really does. Um, and, you know, what I, what I do is I, I can recognize when, when it is that um, most of the time. <laughs> uh, but I, and, and, and then, you know, if I don't right away, it, it does come around we're like, Oh, that's what that is. Got it. You know? Um, but I really just go back into like, Hey, what's, what's really going on? What are you needing? What are you wanting? You know, how can I, how can I comfort you? Um, you know, there was a time where, um, we were actually doing a retreat that we were helping with training camp for the soul. And, um, I, had a big realization around, um, appreciation and, um, and it was tending, it was part of tending to myself and I, we were working and I was cooking and I was doing all these things and I was like, I don't feel appreciated. I feel like I'm just being told what to do all the time. And I'm just the, the tea runner and you know, this and that, and no one really appreciates what I'm really doing and holding space and da, da, da. And I was like, Whoa, I'm, I'm seeking some appreciation. And then I, I was like, how can I give myself appreciation? Mm. And so that's, that's where, um, and I, I was like, oh, I can go bubble bath is my go-to go take a bubble bath, you know? And then I, I had lotion and I was just putting on lotion. I was like, man, I really, 
really appreciate you. I appreciate all that you've been doing. You've been working hard, you know, and I was able to give myself appreciation. I went to bed. The next day I woke up and I was floored with the amount of appreciation that I saw from everyone else. Mm. And so with that, that's where anytime going back to the jealousy, when jealousy shows up and I ask myself, what am I needing? What am I wanting? How can I give it to myself? And then when I can give it to myself, I can fully receive it and see it from everyone else. And with that, I leave you with three questions where I hope you will take action with the answers. First, what will you do to open up lines of communication with the people in your inner circle? Second, what have you been bottling up or waiting for the right time to tell someone that needs to be expressed? Third, I'd like you to remember this episode next time you're feeling jealous, insecure, frustrated, or a similar emotion, and ask yourself what you need to be good with yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Ashley is a coach who helps entrepreneurs and their partners who are having miscommunications and misunderstandings to feel more appreciated and desired. And the best place to find her is on Instagram. I'd recommend searching Ashley Bledsoe, and she is at Mrs. Bledsopia. Mike is pretty easy to find these days, as he is the CEO of the Shrugged Collective. He's the host of the Bledsoe Show podcast, and he's on Instagram at Mike underscore Bledsoe. And pre-registration for his Strong Coach program just opened up, so go check that out if you're a coach. And as with any episode you listen to, I hope you take action on this. I sincerely want to hear about those actions. So snap a screenshot of this podcast and post it to your Instagram story. Let us know what you learned and we'll take action on. You can even shoot it to us in the DM if it's a little too vulnerable for public sharing. And as always, some massively appreciated actions that you can take are subscribing to the show and sharing it with one person who you think will enjoy it. Next week, I will be bringing you an updated episode about how to manage your nutrition during the holidays. Because we are the sustainable transformation coaches, you know this episode will be different than a lot of the other garbage out there with unrealistic advice. So hit subscribe. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love.